everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein. Well, not alongside. It's still about 100 miles away of an alongside. Cameron safely in his home in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And here I am sat in the campus of Pennsylvania State Harrisburg University. Cameron, it has been a, I don't know what the weather's been like back home, but it is a dreary, dreary Thursday evening here in uh, the good old 717. What say you? Um, yeah, it's pretty dreary out here, dude. Uh, pretty rainy, pretty, it's actually kind of warm, which is cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, Oy. um, it's kind of crappy out Matches here. Matches the mood for what we're about to embark on yeah. with the, uh, the, the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Flyers as they are about to begin their season on, um, at home as they will be taking on the New Jersey Devils. Now, Cameron, a couple years ago. The Flyers had their home opener against the New Jersey Devils. They had just come back from Prague after a pretty good win against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. That was the first ever game of the Elaine Vigneault era. And uh, they come into that game at home against the Devils, and they performed quite well. Carter Hart was a standout. They win the game 3 to nothing, And you're thinking, okay, you know what? The future seems to uh, be here, and uh, we'll see where they go. This year it's the same situation. We're playing the Devils at home. Uh, for the home opener, but the mood around the team is significantly different, and there's really no getting around it. Cameron, they suck. We know they're going to suck. This is going to be a rough one. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much say that, I would say, about the entire season, most likely moving forward. Um, the, like on, on top of the fact that the roster is kind of weak as it is, uh, weak and oh, older, yeah. um, it's injured. I mean, dudes argue two of its best players aren't there. Uh Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis. I mean, your top And they haven't been player. there for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Ryan Ellis, we literally have not seen in a calendar year almost at this point. Um, Couturier just sucks, and, like, we still have no idea. We kind of touched on it a little bit last time. No idea how long he's going to be out. Might be three days. Might be three years. We have no idea. His career might be over, <laughs> or he could be back next week. Um, Boy, that No con- idea. But That contract looks better and better each damn day. It looks it? great. It looked great, like, the first year. For a whole first year. half year, yeah, it looked great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, dude, it just it is what it is. Uh, I I am really looking forward to the young roster. Um, it's a yes. brand new team. Uh, there's I think it was twelve players that are under the age of twenty five, um, and then one player is twenty six, Hayden Hodgson. So it's it's going to be exciting in the way of it's brand new, which is kind of cool, right? Like your you know first day of school. You know, it's exciting. You're like, you know, okay, what kind of adventure are we about to go on? Um, I just think that it's going to be a not a good school year for us no. as Flyers fans. No, and so with that, let's actually we'll get into kind of like the expectations and everything in this team. Although you guys have already already know what our expectations are, let's at least meet the 2022-2023 Philadelphia Flyers. We'll go from forwards to defensemen to goalies. Let's start off with our yes. forwards: Wade Allison. Cam Atkinson, Noah Cates, Nick Delorier, Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, Kevin Hayes, Hayden Hodgson, Travis Konechny, Tanner Lazinski, Scott Lawton, Owen Tippett, and James Van Riemsdyk. Over to the defense. We have some young guns here in the defense. Ronnie Attard, Justin Braun, the cancer known as Tony Delangelo, Ivan Provorov, the the five-year, five-million AAV Rasmus Ristolainen, Travis Sanheim, Nick Sealer, and one of my favorite ads to this roster, Cameron, Yegor Zamula has made the roster. I'm very happy about that. And then looking over at the goalies, Samuel Erson 
and the incumbent starter, a man who we are looking to see if he will – well, it'll be hard. Honestly, I don't even know if you can get a true gauging of what he's going to be for the future based on this year alone. But Carter Hart returns in net. So that's the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, we yeah, a couple – really quick, a couple things with um, also the starting roster. Atkinson's not playing tonight because uh, he's nope. hurt. Uh, Ristolainen is also not playing tonight. Nope. So I believe it's uh, Braun's going to be up with Sanheim, and then Zamula's going to be with Zeeler. So, Sealer. So, yeah. And they're obviously putting Ivan Provorov with uh, Tony Delangelo. The hope is that Delangelo can help jumpstart Ivan Provorov's uh, somewhat stagnated career. Yeah, or um, they'll get into a fistfight in the locker room. It's one or the other. It's the third. It's the <laughs> yeah, third it seems half. like a great recipe for a disaster. Ivan Provorov, yeah. a Russian, you know, fr- actually born in the Soviet Union when they were still the Soviet Union, and then Tony Delangelo, who is like, you know, a Republican. So it, it wasn't a Soviet Union anymore at that point. It wasn't the Soviet Union at that by no, that point. Wasn't it ninety one? That was when the Soviet Union fell. Correct. Yeah, ninety one, I believe. Berlin Wall was eighty nine, or was that was eighty nine? Um. When was Ivan Provorov born? Ninety-seven. Yeah, He's yeah, it was than just, us, yeah, okay, yeah. It was. You're, you're right. You're right. It was no longer Russia <laughs> or the Soviet Union. But I, for some reason, I don't know why I thought he was older than he actually is. He's been there for freaking ever at this point. So Provorov. You know, he's been there. This is like his seventh season now. What year is it? Two thousand five. Two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, 2022. Six years ago, yeah, seven years ago, right? Yeah. 2016. He was in part of that playoff run for the Flyers versus the Capitals. It's crazy. Yeah. That's that's wild. He was eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, oh anyway, gosh. we're not a history podcast. But yeah, no. I mean, no. it is it is funny how like he was established kind of as a diva last year, and now he's paired up with what is supposedly the biggest the locker biggest room diva. cancer in the NHL. So it's like they're either going to love each other and wreak havoc on the whole team, or they're just going to kick the shit out of each other immediately. It's going to be fun. To I'd watch. be fine if they wreaked havoc on the entire team. I think that's kind of what. Um, I think that's the reason why John Tortorella likes. Uh, um, you know, Tr- uh, Delangelo so much is he he wants a guy that can really cause havoc. Now, Delangelo happened to be on 94.1 WIP and I was I was listening to WIP when um when I was just doing some work uh just away and doing some scanning and activating at my store. Uh, I just wanted something to listen to. I threw it on the radio and he was talking about the team and he was they they asked him about camp and he said, "Oh yeah, camp's been hard. It's, you know, we all know kind of like, you know, what the expectation is for this team coming into this season." And that made me think. I'm like, "Well, I mean, I, he didn't really expand upon that, but what is the expectation? And then leave it up to John Clark. You know, John Clark asks John <laughs> Tortorella, is there anything that's good about this team? And Tortorella, in true Tortorella form, just says, no, there's nothing good about this team. Yeah. He did a similar the thing Clark- on 97.5 when um, – uh, I forget who it was, who, when he was on. But, yeah, he was asked pretty much <laughs> who, like, what, who are your top six guys. He said, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> And they were like, you know, what about this guy? What about that guy? And he was like, I don't know. They're like, what about York? How's he looking? Not good enough. He's not doing good it's, enough. He's not well enough. Like, I was I just mean, like, dude, he doesn't, he just lays it all out there. That's what we knew he was going to do. We shouldn't be shocked, right? If Comcast was hoping that John Tortorella would help sell tickets, he's not doing that. <laughs> he He's not, but he also is. Like, he is because <laughs> he's selling it for himself. <laughs> you know, like, you go oh, and you're I'll just tell like, you this. dude, that's John Tortorella. What is what does Philadelphia love more than anything out of a coach and out of a team? They obviously besides winning, they want winning. Accountability. They want accountability and they want honesty. This yeah. is not a city that you can lie to. You know, we get it. We know what bad looks like. 
We've lived through bad. But yeah. we also know what great looks like. We've seen championship football in this city. We've seen championship baseball. We've seen what a championship hockey team looks like in this city. And not If not even from the cup runs back in the 70s, they did it 12 years ago. So we know what a great run can look like. Yeah. So Tortsy knows that you can't lie to these fans. And these fans are so sick of the cliches. They are so sick of just being told, hey, you know what? We're technically still in the race by this point. And it's just like, what are we doing? So I appreciate John Tortorella just coming right out and just being like, yeah, there's not a whole lot to go with this team. Uh, we're going to try. It's not like we're not going to try. Of course we're going to try. But, you know, expect losses. Yeah, and I think that's what bothers Philly fans and you know Flyer fans specifically the most. It's just not like we've we've seen bad teams. We've had bad teams before. But we've also gotten behind bad teams. We have. What we don't get behind, what we can't get behind, is bullshit. I mean, and that's kind of what we've back, been given the past couple of years with this team. I mean, it's been more than bullshit. You know, the 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 expectation after the big playoff run in 2019, which God, does that feel like 10 years ago or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, the expectation was we're going to take a step forward, and for about three weeks into the season, it looked like that forward that forward step was being taken. Then all the injuries happened, the team falls apart, we all know the story. Coming into last year, the hope was, okay, you know what, maybe last year was just, hey, you know what, injuries are craziness, uh, we, we upgraded the defense, look at this Look at this shiny toy in Ryan Ellis, like, we're going to be fine. Uh, pretty much from the jump, it's, it's a no-go, outside of a good first week of hockey, it turns into a yeah. disaster, yeah. and Ryan Ellis has been sent to Siberia by this point. So, at this point, we now know, they're not good. And the rebuild is in full fledged, um, uh, uh, happen, you know, happening. But what I wanted to point out to you, Cameron, there was an interesting interview with John Tortorella, and a very prominent name in Philadelphia came up during this interview. One of Johnny Gaudreau. Yes. And so Tortorella kind of takes the reins on this on this talk, and he and he says, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is an amazing player, but at this point in time, as to where we are as a franchise. That's not exactly something we can. We have the luxury of going out to get that type of player. And I and at first I, I I highly disagreed with his stance on that. But now as I look back at that quote and I think about it more and more, if Johnny Gaudreau was a 25 year old who would hit the free agent market, I think the Flyers would have been a bit more eager to go get a guy like that because he's 25 and look at the numbers he's already put up. But maybe Tortorella knew deep down this guy's not changing anything. And I don't want to put a Band-Aid on this team. I don't want to just give these fans, you know, a player like Johnny Gaudreau to simply cheer about, but we're not going to win anything. I want to build something here. I mean, that's a that's a take, and I like it. I do like that. I, it makes sense to me. Um, I just I, – I thought of something recently when it comes to football, and I forget exactly which team it was that I was thinking about, but I get that idea, right, that you kind of want to establish, especially before you get a star player like that, you want to establish an established culture of winning, mm -hmm. of, of discipline, of accountability, of responsibility, so on and so forth. Um, and then you bring a star player into that because it makes it attractive for a player for like like that to want to come into, and also it allows the transition of that person's skill set to go seamlessly right into your system. I get all that. That makes sense. But you know what else establishes a, a culture or a mindset of winning? Acquiring winners. Yes. And in my opinion, Johnny Gaudreau is a winner. Now, well, so I'm 50-50 I'm on it, right? Because I do... I'm kind of with you on with that, him. yeah. I do agree with him on the, on the mindset of, like, I, I honestly don't think he would make... I think they would might be able to make playoffs if they got Johnny Gaudreau. Mm -hmm. 
but they're not going to go anywhere far and probably not anywhere soon. But I don't know. No, so I just feel like Johnny Gaudreau is a foundation you can build upon in terms of talent on your roster. But, you know, I, at the same time, I'm not I'm not John Tortorella. I disagree with him, though. I disagree with him. But he's a hockey coach. I'm not. I have a podcast. So what are you going to do? I don't think – listen, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong take on this particular one. I think that, you know, if you tell me, like, hey, listen, you got to go get a franchise-changing player to try and lift the spirits here because what you have right now is not going to be enough, and this could get ugly really quick. And if you really want someone around to try and stem the tide, which I get – I don't know if the Flyers are tanking. I don't think they are. This doesn't feel so like either. a tank job to me. No, you don't like, go after just, a guy like John John Tortorella if you're tanking. Yeah. That's not what you're doing. Some people would be like, well, they could, they could go get Connor Bedard. Well, here's the thing about that. The lottery makes it kind of impossible to go out there and just purposefully tank. Yes. The, that's the whole point of the lottery, to prevent teams from just tanking you know, obsessively in trying to get the number one overall pick. Yes. And by the way, Connor Bedard, very good player. I'm not saying he, he won't be successful in the NHL, but what I'm also going to say is it's not like he would jump right into this team and cure all the woes that this team has the way Sidney Crosby did, the way Alex Ovechkin did for those for their respective franchises. Look at one of the more recently highly tuted yeah, number one overall it, picks in Alexis Lafreniere. Oh, I was going to say Connor McDavid too. Connor McDavid's McDavid another is, great is example. He's the best player in the world right now. He's the best player in the world right now. What if the Edmonton Oilers won? I believe did did they were they in the Western Conference Final this past year? Maybe was it them? Yes, yes, they were. They were in the conference. Yeah, so, final, yes. So that's the furthest that Connor McDavid has been able to take this team. Now people in might what, say, "Well, Johnny Gaudreau's never." Yeah, like, and here's the thing, Connor Bedard. I look at Alex. I look at Lefernier as a great example. Highly yeah. tutored coming out. Yeah, he was picked by the Rangers. But here's what the Rangers also had, Cameron. Something that the Oilers really didn't something that the Penguins were on their way to getting, something the Capitals were on their way to getting. The Rangers had a foundation of good to great players that they could build around with Alexis Lafreniere, knowing, hey, this guy might not take the immediate step, but we have an Artemi Panarin, Igor Shosturkin. We're right. getting Jacob Truba, who is now the captain of the of the New York Rangers. So the Flyers bringing in a Connor Bedard tomorrow, just, you know, for example, guess what? There's no foundation though, so he would just he would just be another you know cog in this in this terrible wheeled machine that we have right now of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a good point. I, I do, you know, the whole guy, Johnny Gaudreau thing. We just got to let it go because it's it's not it's over. We can't do anything about it. Exactly, it's unhealthy. It's not healthy. Okay, we got to let it go. We got to move past it. But I think no matter how you're thinking about it, if you are the head coach in this situation, if you are John Tortorella, whether you think we should have gotten him, whether you think, ah, it's not the time right now, you have to at least 100% commit to whatever your mindset is. Yes. In regard to your plan. And that is something I do have faith that John Tortorella will do. Like, that's something, that is the, one of the big confidence boosters that I have going into this season is knowing the guy at the head of it is going to be committed and he's going to give it 110%. No matter what his plan is, he's going to stick to it. He's going to stick to it to a, a, a insane level of discipline, but he's going to stick to it, he's going to push, and he's going to get something out of them. And and that's at least something that I like. But I, and, you can have his, the greatest motivator or disciplinary person, whoever it is, doesn't matter. If you don't have the talent to compete, you don't have the talent to compete. And to me, that is what the NHL is right now. It's about talent. It is about talent, and I'll also say this. You know, you mentioned, like, his willingness to stick to, like, what he's trying to build. I mean, you're seeing it, even with that quote today, it's talking about, like, hey, I don't think the team's, you know, I don't think, you know, that we're really 
that good. He yeah. has been saying that from the get-go. Yeah. And the question, and he, and here was the whole quote of what he was asked by John Clark. You know, the question was uh, something along the lines of, um, let's see, uh, da da da. Let's. I'm trying to like actually get the question in. In yeah, here it is. Has he found something that the Flyers are good at and can build on for an identity? Identity has been used so freaking much this offseason, Cameron. So what does Tortorella say? He says no, very bluntly. And I think that's it. And this is the quote. And I think that's a huge part of becoming a team is developing that identity. I think we're a bit scattered. It's part of my job to bring it together and develop that identity. He has been saying that pretty much from the moment he got the job. Identity, 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 and how they don't have it. We don't have a captain, Cameron. There's yeah. no captain. And, and even, that's even, how Tortorella plans on keeping it. Even before they lost their captain, they, everyone was disillusioned anyway because of the injuries, because everything was seeming to fall apart. Yep. It, even before Claude Giroux was no longer on the team, it, it, it seemed like a a ship that was just driving blind. Mm-hmm. I don't blame I mean, him necessarily for that, but I, I, it is what it is. And I don't I don't think yeah. Giroux was – I don't want to say that Giroux was checked out of being a flyer. I think he always loved being a flyer. And clearly, you know, moving on from Philadelphia wasn't necessarily easy for him to do. But I think once he moved on and he got to Florida, and obviously Florida is a much more successful team right now than the Flyers, I mean, you could see that he was happier. He was happier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you can see it on the ice. Yeah. And so when people had these feigned, you know, insane ideas of, oh, we could sign Drew back in the offseason, let me tell you something. You you had it you had a great you had a great tweet about it the one time. He goes, He's gone. He's not ours anymore. He's not we gotta let it anymore. go. Yeah. He's <laughs> as no longer painful our boy. as it was. As it's it's like a parent watching your child. Listen, I wanna take you know, I wanna have family reunions every summer too. But they they're married now. They're having kids, they're moving on. They got a white <laughs> pick a fence and a golden retriever. We gotta let it go. <laughs> Giroux is happy wherever he is, and we will wish him the best. And honestly, he's going to crush, dude, in Ottawa with the Brinkett. Good Lord. And Ooh. Brady and, and, and Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk, Ooh. yeah. That, that team's Light. a dark horse to go deep into the playoffs this year for the Ottawa Senators. That Dude, that line's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. So much fun I'm, to I'm, watch. I'm excited for when they first come back to Philadelphia. Like It'll be a bloodbath for us, but you know it'll be cool to see Giroux get yeah. a hattie on the road against Philadelphia. Also, dude, I kind of wish like Giroux was younger. Cause could you imagine like you remember how how much young Giroux partied? Imagine <laughs> young Giroux with Brady Kachuk. I mean, you're talking <laughs> mayhem, dude. Mayhem. I mean, long long haired Giroux with like the missing teeth and everything at the time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Let's take a quick look at the Flyers' opponent tonight in the New Jersey Devils. So this, yes. so last year, Cameron, we made a journey to New Jersey to enjoy some Flyers hockey and did everything but enjoy the actual game itself. Yeah, it was so, a great time, except for the the yeah the actual sport of hockey. Yeah, that was our tenth loss in a row. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk to. You. I definitely do want to try and hit up at least one road game again this year. I don't know where we'd want to go, but I'd go somewhere new. Yeah. Like, down to Washington. Uh, dude, that was my was my thought. That was my thought first. Yeah. I think Washington would be fun if we could Washington plan for that. Washington would be cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll talk to you more when we get off the air. But here, here are the New Jersey Devils from forwards to the goalies. We'll start off with the actually the injured reserve. We'll start with LTR, and then we'll go to just injured reserve. Uh, LTR is uh, Jonathan Bernier, who I can't believe is still even in the league at this point. Uh, injured res- still injury reserve. Nick. I couldn't. I, I doubt he's actually playing, dude. I just can't believe he's even like in the league Damn. still. Um, Tice Thompson is on injured reserve as a, as is Nico Hishier, uh as of September 26th. So that's that's the significant name, obviously, for the Devils that they're missing. Yeah. But here's yeah. who they have. 
They have Nate Bastian. They have Jesper uh, Boquist. They have Jesper Bratt, Eric Halla, Alexander Holtz, Jack Hughes, Andreas Janssen, Michael McLeod, Dawson Mercer, Andre Palat, uh, Yegor uh, Sharagovic, Tomas Tatar, Miles Wood. I can't believe Tatar is still in the freaking league at this point. Miles Wood, and then Fabian Zetter, uh, Zetterlund. So definitely harder names to pronounce, but that's typical for your New Jersey Devils. And then you look over at your defensemen, Ryan Graves, Ducky Hamilton, John Marino, uh, former Pittsburgh Penguin John Marino, uh, yeah. Simon Nemec, Damon Severson, Jonas Siglin Hotteller, and then Brendan Smith, and then goalies, former Hershey Bear Vita Vanacek, and then Mackenzie Blackwood. You look at these two teams, on paper, on paper, fair to say, Devils have the better roster than the Flyers. I don't think that's a crazy stretch. No, no. I mean, they, they're most – if you also look down to, like, their most talented player is better than the Flyers' most talented player, that too. Like, Jack Hughes, I would say, is probably their most talented player. Jack Hughes, right Andre Pallott, Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton, I think John, yeah. I think John Marino's a good defenseman that has, you know, that served well in Pittsburgh. No, I would, I would agree. And honestly, dude, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of Thomas Tatar. All right, he's he's only 31. All right, my guy is he only 31? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, he's younger than you think he is. Actually, and the reason I know that is because I had him on my NHL roster like two oh, years ago. Oh shit! Um, but yeah, he had uh, 15 goals, 15 assists last year, 30 points. So you know, he's still you know, yeah. He's I mean, still I'm sure for a bottom player. for a bottom six forward that they're probably using him as that's fine. That's, yeah, 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 he's yeah, he's all right. So uh, the expectations going into tonight, I mean, end to the season. I listen. You always want to just start. Listen, just go one and zero every other day. That's all you ask for. Take you know, one game at a time, right? The road to eighty-two say? and zero is never easy. But if the <laughs> Flyers are going to pull this off and be the elite team that we know they all can be, it starts with a win tonight against their hated rivals in the New Jersey Devils. Let me just also say the New, Jer- New Jersey Devils Stadium. It's nice, but it didn't feel like homey. You know what I mean? Like it didn't yes. feel like a. It was a nice stadium. I like you know uh, the Prudential Center, but. I didn't feel like it was like it just felt like it was lacking something for being a New Jersey Devil stadium. No, I get that. Like dude, yeah, it was it felt city. Like it it felt kind of more um upper class, I guess. And, and ah, like, I like out that. Of touch, like you that. know, like yeah, kind of a little not as down to earth, not as warm, you know, as welcoming. <laughs> but no, I I I really do like their stadium actually. I'm a big fan of that stadium. Um it was very clean. It was it was a lot cooler than I thought. Like for those that don't know, you don't like really walk in and go. I mean, you do go up an escalator, but it doesn't. It's kind of the first thing you see, so you don't really feel like you're on a second level, and you just walk I like out how and the stadium kind of goes down. Yeah, the concourse being right there with all the food selections. Yeah. and by the way, they and have it's good all food completely as well. It's all completely open as well, so like you can oh, yeah. be at yeah. the concourse in the line, turn around. There's the game. It's it's kind of nice in that way. It is cool. definitely something you don't get at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, but uh, you know, it was nice. I, I I really am excited at the idea of us going to like like we do like a road game like once or twice a season. That'd be kind of cool. I know. Like, I forgot how far you were out, and at first I thought you were in Pittsburgh, and I was. And I, my first thought was not Pittsburgh. My first thought was actually Columbus. I was like, that'd be kind of cool because it wouldn't <laughs> dude, be as hostile. And they I'm have the cannon. Right. They have the cannon, dude. How cool would that be? I think. I think we might want to think about doing that, Cameron. That's a yeah, maybe, but that's a long. It's a trip. long drive, but let me tell you something. That would be something that's worth it. it would be where's cool. Columbus? I gotta see where uh, Ohio. Just how f- I know where Col- what state it's in. I want to see how far in Ohio it is. Let me just see how far. I don't is know anything about Ohio except for. It's only a six-hour drive from Harrisburg. From you? Yeah, so yeah, an eight-hour drive for me. All right. Yeah, it's um. 
shoot, I didn't actually realize it. I mean, I should know this because, you know, if I ever want to go to an Ohio State game. Um, real quick, ew, all, all ew, subject. Ew. I'm No, I'd go to the horseshoe. I'd, I'd check it out. I'm oh, going I to guess, Michigan this uh, weekend. Yeah. I'm going to Ann Arbor. I guess that's true. But, um, so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, this is, like, listen, tonight is the first and only night of excitement I think that we'll have as Flyers fans. Uh, new team. We'll see how they do. It'll be good to hear Jim Jackson's voice again. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you, you go about your day. Uh, Cameron, in other news, but, you know, I, I know we're go- we're going to try and keep things strictly Flyers today, but we'll just touch up on a few different things before we kind of, you know, sign off for the day. Uh, first yeah, and foremost, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, their NLDS series is tied up at one with the Atlanta Braves. They lost last night 3 nothing. Um, if you had told me, hey, Justin, they're going to be tied 1-1 going back into Philly, I'd be ecstatic. I'd be like, all right, cool, we lost game one, but we got the Wheeler game. And you're going to look at me and go, nope. We won game one with Ranger Suarez and then lost the Zach Wheeler game. Yeah. I, my face would be going through the wall right now yeah. because every fan was willing to take a 1-1 tie. But once you win game one, that changes things because you have your yeah. proverbial ace now on the mound to yeah. take a 2 nothing lead. Because that wasn't the one you were supposed to win. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So guess what? That is the death sentence, by the way, in the NLDS. Teams that go up 2-0 win 77% of the time that series. So they blew it. They didn't win last night. Now they head back to Philadelphia. Listen, momentum's not fully gone. It's still tied one-one. You still got Aaron Nola on the mound. You also, you, I mean, you do hear those like those stats and obviously analytical stuff. You know, seventy-seven percent of the time, blah blah. But like, wasn't it like nine? The teams going into the ninth or the top of the ninth up by two-zero were like ninety-seven and zero. When that was Philly the played. Cardinals. They were 93-0 when leading by more yeah. than one after eight innings in the playoffs. It's so 100% bonkers. of the time, they won that scenario. Well, that, not that day, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, it was, yeah, so, you know, whatever. You know, it is it is what it is. They're 1-1. One one. At the end of the day, you know, be happy. Be happy. We'll be all right. Breathe. Aaron Nola's pitching very, very well, too. So, you know, we still got still got plenty of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, listen, they can if they go in and they win tomorrow, then all is well, and then you go into a game four where – I mean, starting pitching might be a bit of a question mark, but still, um, you got to any win. moment. At any moment, those bats could go off, though, too. That's the other. You got to figure side. at some point, Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins have. I mean, if they're going to win the series, they got to figure it out. It's as simple as that. Yeah, they, they need yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think being back at home after all these days on the road will will serve them well. Think about it. They've been on the road since the second to oh, yeah. last yeah. series of the season against the Washington Nationals. Dude, I mean, it's going to be the first home playoff game in in eleven years, a decade. Yeah. Yep. Um, NFL news. Uh, Eagles-Cowboys this weekend. Um, biggest, yeah, that'll be obviously, cool. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be a lot of fun. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence saying today that Jalen Hurts has not played against anyone, and so we don't know how good he is until we, he goes up against the Cowboys. Yeah, Quote-unquote yeah, yeah. from Demarcus Lawrence, we still them boys, which I cannot believe he actually said that, but he did. Um and then you have Jason you think about Kelsey it from, from his perspective, though, right? Like Jerry Jones is just, just in love with himself and in love with what he owns. So if Demarcus Lawrence is like, I'm going to say what the guy who's paying me loves. I don't yeah. care what anybody thinks. Like you know what I mean? It's just you know, it's whatever. Yeah. whatever. He's getting paid no matter what. But I see what you're saying. Make Jerry happy. Um, Jason Kelsey on Philly versus Dallas. Two polar opposites. Philly's an extremely localized, diehard fan base that's authentic to all of them growing up together in this community. Most of the Cowboys fan base is built on commercialism and pop culture. Lakers slash Yankee fan types. Damn. 
I didn't so he think just Jason straight up Kelsey said to every Cowboys fan, your so fandom. Well. He's, firstly. Dude, he nailed you, it. He had a whole socio-analytical side to it that I was not ready for. That's fantastic. Wow. He basically just said to every Yankees fan, your fandom's bullshit, and you know it's bullshit, and yeah. all you're just a front-runner piece of crap. He said Which, you're material. He said materialistic. That's unbelievable, dude. That's amazing, <laughs> dude. Holy shit! It's 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 insane. I, I I really cannot believe that he he. If you haven't listened to his podcast with him and his brother yet, by the way, it's just unbelievable. It's I, so funny to listen to. I have not, but dude, he's one of those dudes who, if you put him at the front of your army. You're winning that battle. Like he's oh that type God, of mercenary yeah. where it's like you're. It, he's that guy. You pay him whatever you want to pay in terms of leadership ability. He's gonna get it done. Cause there's no guy I'd rather have in my foxhole rather than Jason Kelsey on this planet Earth. Nobody. I'm actually gonna send you a, uh, a tweet real quick for you to at least to watch later. It's okay. like a it's it's a snippet of the show. Which by the way, the way that Travis and Jason do it, where they have their face cams on each other as they're talking, we got We got to think about doing that as well, at least for like oh, to I have post been on doing Twitter. It. Yeah, I I actually have been in the market for cameras, but then now we're switching because now obviously we're going to be entirely remote. So we can talk off air, but dude, it's it's I I have a whole plan in mind of how we could do something Ooh. like that. So. Well, yeah. um, I have nothing more to add about the Flyers. It, uh, I was going to turn it over to maybe last words to you. Um, I don't really have anything, dude. I mean, unless yeah. you know, like, there's not really much to talk about. You pretty much hit everything. We could talk about football, I guess, but we kind of just touched on that with the Eagles. Uh, um, two is likely not to not going to play this he's weekend. Definitely not playing this weekend. He most likely is going to be playing next weekend. What is interesting, however, is that Skylar Thompson's going to be starting. Not Teddy Bridgewater, despite the fact that Teddy Bridgewater passed concussion protocol. So let so first things first. Yeah. Do you think the Dolphins are now just terrified to even think about the prospect of playing Teddy? In terms of yes, the concussion, got, you're saying like you're, yeah, you're afraid yeah, he got cleared and everything, but they wouldn't let him back in. Obviously, and that's part of the new rules of the NFL. That's not even a Dolphins-based uh, decision, but right. um, I think they're scared. I think they're I, afraid. I, I, I think that's definitely part of it for sure, dude. They're definitely on on PR thin ice at the moment, um, and that's yeah, unfortunate absolutely. because that could hurt their that could that could completely derail a season. It could, but dude, I will be honest. Skyler Thompson was supposed to be just a he was a seventh round pick. He was supposed to be just a random guy who was going to be on the team on the practice squad most likely, and then he absolutely shredded in the preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. was the AFC preseason of the year for some bullshit, the preseason MVP, the unofficial preseason <laughs> MVP or some shit. I don't know. But, I don't know. I, apparently, it got to the point where at least Miami had to sign him to the roster because they were too afraid if they put him in the practice squad, he would get taken by another team. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe they think they have their Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Patriots <laughs> think they have their new Tom Brady with this Bailey Zappy kid. Yeah, maybe. And maybe they do. Um, it's I just a want to go ahead. Another Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady type situation. So maybe I don't know. I know it's not quite the same, but Tom Brady made his first appearance against the Detroit Lions. Bailey Zappi made his first ever start against the Detroit Lions. Just saying, That's we could point. have very well a, a new dawn. It might have been uh, brought upon New England. Um, I wasn't going to obviously goes in circles. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention anything about like what happened with against the Jets. I mean, that was I mean that was obviously a rough game for you guys. Dude, I mean it's you are your quarterback's already gone, right? Then you lose your backup quarterback. Then your other leader on the offense, Teron Armstead, who is your offensive line leader, uh, captain. He goes down as well. You're already missing Xavier Howard on the defense as well. I've been missing Byron Jones all season. Yeah, it was it was doomed from the start. 
And it just mm-hmm. sucks. And it was the one thing I was really worried about going into the season was the lack of depth for Miami. It was the one thing. And it's the one thing I you praise about that, yeah. Philadelphia for. Philadelphia has a great amount of depth. Very good. So, Philly, obviously in their game against Arizona, since we're already on this, I'll just touch up on it. Dude, uh, I mean, they, they go won in Arizona. They won in Arizona. So, something that's, so everyone's Fantastic. really mad about the way that they won. And listen, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. I'm not saying it was pretty. They did something that has not been done since 2001, though. They yeah. went into Arizona and won. Yeah. Not easy. That no. stadium already isn't easy to do. Ask Tom Brady, by the way, how it e- how easy it is to win in that stadium, even when it's a neutral playing field. It they is a great stadium. They go up 14-0. Nothing. They get outscored 17-3 to going, you know, going into their final drive in the fourth quarter, so it's 17-all. They go down the field. The only criticism I'll give, they needed seven on that last drive, in my opinion. I don't know why A.J. Brown wasn't targeted more throughout the game. I don't know yeah, what was going that on was, there. His lack of production was, was interesting. I'm hoping that is a one-off and that they were trying to do things stylistically to get the ball out of Hertz's hands quicker because they didn't have Mylotta, blah, blah, blah. Not really the point. What I do care about, though, is this. When that defense started to buckle, that was where I was like, Jonathan Gannon going back to Jonathan Gannon BS and playing so soft. Yeah. Now, they got bailed out because Kyler Murray made one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. I guess he didn't that watch was, film. I mean, yeah, he was too busy playing Fortnite. I get he it. He must have watched like the first four weeks, and he was just like, listen, my contract says 75% of the season I have to watch <laughs> film. I'm taking a break this week. There it is. So, he slides early. Now, it, you can say, like, well, he thought he had a first down. Guess what? When the game is on the line, you got to know what down it is, yeah. regardless. Yeah. you got to know whether it's first, second, third, or fourth. Spikes the ball. Now, I here's what I – I will say this. I know they didn't have any timeouts left. I might have considered trying to get that fourth and one, like a QB sneak, because I think they would have gotten it. But then they tried out Matt Amendola out there, uh, and he misses – The poor His kid. kick – his kick – what was he, in the Meadowlands kicking that? Like, how did it go so far right? You're in a dome, my guy. I don't know, dude. Well, isn't isn't he, like, wasn't he signed up? Wasn't their kicker hurt or something like that? Their starting kicker? Their kicker's hurt. I'm not, I'm not trying to really dunk on Matt Amendola. That sucks. That's a tough situation to be in. <laughs> Dicker, the kicker, yeah. though, he did his job for the Eagles, obviously, which was awesome. Yeah. I but, mean, um, I also like the greatest, the greatest kicker name of all time. Cameron Dicker? Oh, Dicker first of kicker, Cameron, dude. already a great name. Dicker, that, I mean, that's just... Yep. What, do you, what more do you want? Jake Elliott better be scared. Dicker the kicker. Don't lead by two because he'll kick you in the dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, dude, he's great. He's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool. So, um, but yeah, no, dude, winning winning on the road in a place like that, a place that you haven't won in over two decades, is amazing. That's that's pretty insane. The Eagles are still 5-0. and No one should be upset. There's nothing to be upset about. I mean, Christ, you beat a good team. Every team in the NFL is good. You're not going to blow out every team, and you shouldn't blow out every team. That's not how no. it's going to work. And, and people have been un- unhappy, going, "Oh, you know what? They they weren't that Dude, great." Dude, you're against five the- and zero. Oh. You're five they're, and zero. Oh. Be they're happy. They're five and zero. Oh. And here's the more important thing: Jalen Hurts was very, very good in this game. What happened was the fact they abandoned the run, which Shane. No, you can't do that. We've already established that this team cannot be 50 passes and 10 runs a game. This yeah, is not no. Kansas City Chiefs or early 2000s Philadelphia Eagles territory. Yeah, it's not the Oakland um, Raiders here, buddy. Come on. So then now they're going up against Dallas, who has an elite pass rush led by Micah Parsons. Yeah. Their run defense, though, not that great. It is not a great running defense, and the Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best running O-lines in all of football. So now you add in the fact Trayvon Diggs going up against A.J. Brown. You have Devontae Smith going up against whoever the hell the number two cornerback is. No one cares because Trayvon Diggs, oh, my God, look at him give up 1,500 yards a game. But he got four interceptions last week. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Here's what scares me. Micah Parsons absolutely terrifies me. The Dallas Cowboys special teams is very good, probably best in all of football. That is definitely going to be something that they need to be on the lookout for. And the other thing that scares me, can Jonathan Gannon please put on his big boy pants and understand you are going up against Cooper Rush. Rush the quarterback, please. You have guys like Hassan Reddick. You have Fletcher Cox, who's playing pretty well this season so far. Brandon Graham's been resurgent. You have Javon Hargrave. He's pretty good, not too bad. You have Jordan Davis, who's an eater of, of men at the line. And then you consider other players like Sauce, uh, not Gardner Johnson. He can blitz if you need him to. You have a very good blitzing uh, cornerback in Avante Maddox if he's back this week. You need to rush this quarterback and throw, make, make him make mistakes. That's the one thing no one has done yet to Cooper Rush is force him into making mistakes. If you want to win and be 6-0, if you want to get the, sh- off this, the monkey off your back, because Dallas, let's be frank, they own Philadelphia. They own us right now. you got to win this game, in my opinion. This is the most important game of the season. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say uh, it's most in game most important game in almost any Philadelphia Eagles season is the Dallas Cowboys, right? Um, and also, oh, I yeah. would say it's not the Dallas Cowboys I own you as much as more of it's I would say Dak Prescott. Um, so I f- say your chances are very high for this game. And dude, you cannot you cannot lose your undefeated streak to fucking Cooper Rush. It can't happen. It can't. Hey, the season we'll never is hear lost. the end of it. The season is lost if that happens. Oh, it's yeah. done. All killed. You can have a team full of Jason Kelsey's. It's not going to be enough to come back from losing to Cooper Rush. It's, losing your undefeated it's so true. So, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's a game. It's, to me, it's it's the game that I enjoy the least if I'm if it's my team. Right? It's a game that they can win. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I mean, listen, they, I'm not, can, they should win it. I hate the games that my team should win. Because now I'm, all the stress is on me as a fan. Are they going to uh-huh. blow it? Are we going to be the laughing stock? Am I going to be embarrassed to wear my hat anymore? It's I'm, it's I'm too much right now. They uh and it's they gotta a division rival. They got to win this game. They they need to. It's why I haven't really been talking about the game too much because like I'll you know everyone else wants to do the trash talk and everything. Dude, here's where I am. Just win. I don't care how you win. I don't care if it's 17 to 10 or if it's 24 to 3. I know you want a bunch of field goals. So if it's 27 to 12 with four field yes, goals, I do, I do have Brett Mayer plus. as my uh, kicker. Yeah, so week. if he hits four 55-yard field goals and a 15-point loss to the Eagles, I'm very happy for you. Yeah, um, that works. I, well, I love it. But but you you got you got to win the game. It's just it's just what it yeah. comes down to. Uh, for the Fly Guys Podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart. This has been Cameron Klein. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fly Guys Podcast at Goodhart Justin and at Cameron Klein 15. Be happy. Be healthy. Enjoy the game tonight, everyone. And as always, let's go Flyers. <laughs>